are back. We are back. Welcome, everyone, to Match Point Number Nine, a Tennis Bets podcast. I am one of three hosts here, David E.J. Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis on Twitter. If this is your first time listening, chance stars how you found us. Welcome. Hello. If you're a returning listener, a returning champion, welcome back. With me, as always, is my number one tennis talking bro, Derek. Derek, hello. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming back. Uh, we got a quick little episode for you with these couple matches for tonight. And then we're going to move on to the semis and then the finals. Yes, we wanted to be back yesterday, but uh, things have got in the way. No one cares about that. Something we do care about is Mr. John Reed joining us once again. You can find him at GR Tweets Tennis on Twitter. He does betting content for his own brand at Tibbets Tennis. He writes for the Action Network, betting expert Hammer HQ. He does tennis form recaps. John, welcome back. Let's do it. Semifinals, quarterfinals, lots of stuff to talk about. Absolutely. All right. Last time out, as this is a betting podcast, uh, we like to be transparent. So let's get, dive into what did we win? What did we learn? Derek and I won Fuchovic Moneyline minus 140. Sorry, John, on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Tia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tia. <laughs> Way to bring that up, dude. Uh, well, I mean, uh, got to do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. I mean, the, the facts are the facts, Derek. So I'm, I'm John learned. Talk. <laughs> Alex Molchan, he stinks. Um, <laughs> uh, Francis Tiafo took down our guy Tabilo, aka Tastilo. Tastilo uh, in two at, at minus one thirty. Talked about that. That was a nice little win for us. Thankfully, the fact that his name rhymed with uh, a, a hard metal uh, played no factor in the match. So <laughs> that worked out for us. Uh, what did we learn? Uh, we learned. Uh, that Andy Murray can lose matches. Uh, Biff's a point at 5-5 that he won. Hits it long to go down 6-5 in the first set. Tiebreaker gives Jackie Draper a point on ser- a set point on serve, which he cashes and then wins easily the next match or the next set. Green Christian Green plus one and a half sets. Chokes from 4-2 up in the second set. To lose four six, unbelievable. Uh, and I think what did we learn here? This is what I, I think we learned. Um, these guys are who we thought we were. <laughs> a lot of things uh, that we've talked about have have played out in terms of just the character of the player. Okay, Garin, he goes back to his old ways as uh, uh, an unreliable player uh, against Fokina off his hot win against Rude. Just reverts back to who we think he is. Jack Draper, we talked about his injury concern. Well, guess what? It was popping up in the Murray match, and uh, he has to retire in the second set against Carlitos. Tommy Paul goes full Tommy Paul, blowing <laughs> six matches, blowing six match points to lose to FAA in three. Davidovich Fokina goes full Foki brain in the second set with just awful misses to lose points. He essentially won. Can't. Uh, this wasn't on the pod, but uh, we I, I played plus one and a half sets with him at uh, at plus money. He was dominating that second set and uh, could not get there mentally. Just it was who we thought he is. Uh, Tiafo, the only player who has shown up, taking down, slaying the warrior, Cam Nori, an awesome win for Foe in the face of the Foe detractors. Yeah. Yeah. One thing quickly about Foe uh, before we get into other matches. There is one, and you know, if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know I've just been absolutely gushing over his play the lot since the start of this event. Been incredible. I mean, everything—the point construction, um, the movement, obviously, 
the shot making, the serve and forehand have been unreal. Like everyone's talking about how slow these courts are, how you can't produce a winner. Medvedev won't shut up about it on the court in his post-match interview at press conferences. He'll tell you everywhere he goes. Francis Tiafo is just, he's winning over 75% of his first serve points every match. He's finding winners. And if he's not finding winners, he's hammering forehands into back corners, pulling guys off court and then finishing with the next ball. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. If he doesn't find a winner from the baseline, he's coming in. He's hes not disliking these conditions. And it's funny because he's a guy who, US Open run, uh, his first breakout was at the Australian Open. He has historically preferred quicker courts. So you'd think he'd be in the Medvedev camp of whining, crying, whatever, having to gut out matches. But he's like, nah, I'm just going to go about my business, hit through the courts of my opponents and just keep winning. The one concern, I'm a little concerned at the way he's closing out matches. I think the match prior against Tabilo, he got a little shaky. He even said in his post-match interview, got a little nervy at the end. He admitted it. Then against Nori, 5-2, blows one break. I think he, it, the second one was, was easy enough. But again, you saw those jitters creep up. If he didn't have that double break, how does that play out? Something to watch because Medvedev is incredibly tough to close out. And if you get a little uh, mentally weak against Medvedev, that's that's going to be a huge disadvantage. But uh, what is there to say about Fobit? Holy Christ, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Cash that quarter price for you, John, plus 550, I believe. Yeah, that rollover only got to, um, I think it was like plus two something. So plus 550, or it got to like plus 300 or something like that. At the, at, if you take the best price available at close from different books, so you would have had to transfer money to your rollover, like use your balances at different books. It still didn't even come close to plus 550, an incredibly stupid price um, from Unibet on that one. Well, good job by you. We love to love to see it. All right, that guys. Snapped well, the seventeen bet winless streak. Seventeen bets I went losing in a row, and I'll admit it because I don't I don't care and I don't hide. It's a long term game, but uh, still up on the month after those seventeen. But that's one way to 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 end it in style, right? Just throw like four or five units in the uh, in the accounts there. Like I said, you love to see it. All right, guys. Well, we have a couple matches today we want to dig into. And we can dig into the semifinal with foe as well if we have time here. Uh, but I'm going to kick it off here with the Taylor Fritz Yannick Center match. And I'm going to take Taylor Fritz plus 110 on the money line here. Center's up to minus 136 as the favorite. It's a 23 games total here. Uh, Fritz beat Center 6-4, two years ago here. In the October edition of this event, Sinner's certainly a sexy pick here. He profiles as the more enticing young gun. But has he improved all that much since that match two years ago? Has he improved? He's got some decent wins and more titles, but a lot of the same issues are there. Number one, the physicality. Pulled out of this event last year, pulled out of Miami last year, pulled out of Marseille last month, playing with a knee brace right now. It's going to be a physical match. Can he survive it physically? The other thing is the serve. It was a bit of a revelation over the summer on grass in Wimbledon and on clay to get that title against Alcaraz, where he won 77% of his first serve points, 62% of his second serve points in that Umag title. But I think the serve has regressed a bit. Only landed 48% on first serve last match against Warinka. Able to get 61% second serve points, but it's Stan. He's, he's a bit older. He hasn't hit over 54% of first serves in a match this week. I think Fritz sees a lot of second serves to give him a chance uh, to get break points. And the last thing is the unforced errors. Minus one and minus three winner to unforced error ratio. Last two matches, even in the easy wins, Fritz has been in the positive all tournament in that category. So a few more free points coming toward Fritz, I think. 
Plus, he's just a different player here at Indian Wells. The reigning champ. I'll take the American at the price. Let's just let's start by acknowledging that there's no debate anymore that slow hard courts are his favorite surface, right? Um, like Delray Beach title, Acapulco third set tiebreak, semifinal loss to one Tommy Paul. Indian Wells champion last year, now into the quarterfinals, having dropped one set alternate. It was the first one he played. He has won six straight sets, all by six four better. No tie breaks involved in his last in his last six sets. So um, now Baez Fukshevics are terrible on slow hard courts. Baez because he hates hard courts. Fukshevics because he hates the slow part of it. Sinner's not those guys. But like you said, has he improved all that much? Does he? He doesn't need to improve all that much from what he was two years ago. He's that good. But there, there were areas to uh, step up. And you're right; he has not really convinced us in those certain areas. Whether it be the serve, whether it be the physical um, stamina, endurance, Fritz is fine in that uh, department. And yeah, he likes the longer rallies. He has the finishing power, so he's got the power and the rally tolerance and the comfort. And not only are you telling me that he's the underdog, but the market just keeps betting Yannick Sinner. We saw Fritz get down to, at Pinnacle, one of the sharper books in the world, open plus 105 for Fritz, get down to minus 102. I honestly got that, thought that's where it was going to stay. Market does love Yannick Sinner. He's got a lot to like about his game. He too can hit through these courts, doesn't move as naturally, um, and I don't think he can last as long on the court. But now it's up to plus 117. I mean, we were talking plus one ten. Like this is ridiculous. Plus one seventeen. Mm. I have to. I have to take that. A guys, the guys in form, all on slow courts. Delray Acapulco, Indian Wells, defending champ. He's won six straight sets, even against lesser competition. He can only play who's in front of you. That's yeah. I mean, Fritz ML for me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make an argument for Sinner, you can talk about his freaking topspin. I think that's all people are going to say, and that it's going to whip through this court and blah 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 blah. blah. But I mean, like everything you guys said, Fritz is in form, defending champion. Um, Sinner sucks against the top 10. I mean, we I say that all the time. I always look for spots of fade him. If you want to take a look at the stats, he's was four and nine in the last freaking year. Um, only one went on hard court, and that was at Rotterdam against Sitsi Poss, who I'm pretty sure was hurt in that match. And then now we're looking at him being a favorite in this match dude i took fritz at like minus 106 thinking that the odds were going to get worse and then the next morning when i woke up they were plus 110 and now they're at plus 117 it's like uh, it's a no-brainer for me to take fritz uh, i mean i can't find a reason not to even if there was such thing as a trap by the way and this was a trap i don't care i'll step into that trap i will see the trap on the ground and put my foot squarely in the jaws of that bear trap yeah, if there's like a sign that says trap in front of it too, I, I'd be like, I'm still stepping in there. I, I don't care. Price is too good. Yeah, I mean, can Sinner win this match? Absolutely. But, I mean, you have to, John said you, have, you can only play what's in front of you. You can only take what's in front of you. <laughs> it's a great price uh, mm-hmm. for Fritz in this match. All right, well, let's keep it moving to the night match, which is uh, Carlito Stalkeraz taking on FAA Alcaraz is minus four, minus three twenty-five on the money line. It's going to be tough if you like the Alcaraz side, which I think we all do. I still have my plus six fifty tournament winner in pocket here, so I, I got that going for me. Uh, any angles here on this match for you guys? The two O, 
is is even money. So if you if you like them in straights, not bad. Actually, my it's minus one and a half set spread. I, I don't know why they it's the same bet. Two O is minus one twenty five. Minus one and a half is even money. I don't know why it's like they are just. Um, this is Bovada. It's like they're trying to uh, to trick you <laughs> in a way, which they probably are. Yeah, I think uh, I'm on Carlos. Look, I get it. I, I look for for the number one thing I want to do when I'm trying to make a bet too is why is the market? If I find the market to be off, I find the price off. Why is that? Right. If I can't explain why it's off, then it's then it gets a little worrisome as to why I'm seeing value. Uh, I think the reason why you're seeing a bit of value, even on minus four, I have this minus four and a half, uh, rather expensive to minus five, um, really cheap, aka in, in, into the plus money. This has been fluctuating. I ended up getting it minus 105 last night uh, on minus four. It got up to plus 105 when I woke up this morning. It's back down to plus 101. Uh, it's bouncing around that area, but the market seems to be in, in consensus that it should be a very cheap minus four. I disagree with that. Uh, I think the, the head-to-head is going to play a factor here. I think the hard courts where Felix has excelled in his career are going to play a, a factor. Um, and I think that's where you're going to find your edge. I think the slow courts are not to Felix's liking. We've seen it even in some of his better wins um, against Francisco Serundo. There was a lot to like from that match. A lot. Like the the serve, I liked the way he was dictating from the baseline. But he's having trouble putting points away. He had trouble putting games away. And he had trouble uh, putting the match away, giving back one of the, the two breaks he had in that second set. It was the athleticism of Serundolo that bothered him because Serundolo got everything back. It was the ability for Serundolo to be, you know, to run and then hit a big forehand on the run that flipped points on him that also annoyed him. He's playing Carlos Alcaraz. Who does those two things better than anyone else in the world? This kid. Like, if you're having trouble against Serundolo and you end up with, like, I think it was 19 winners and 42 unforced errors against him, it's like, it's a whole step up in, in level here. Uh, with Carlitos, who has looked fine this week after the potential injury in, in Rio and then pulling out of Acapulco. He looks great. I mean, those doubts are completely gone from my mind and I think the market's mind. And I just don't think that you can you can take a look at this and on a slow court at night as well. So now you've got two things running against Felix here and his serve forehand-based uh, game and his lack of rally tolerance. I just don't see how, how he, one, wins a set I mean, he's got to serve almost perfectly one set, and he's got to place them well, yeah. because even a high rate of first serves doesn't get you there. Carlos can return them and then wait two or three balls, then he's back neutral in the rallies on return. I just, I, I think this should be four to four and a half to five games. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on his first serve, because his second serve is pretty iffy. Like, uh, Courier was talking smack on that thing, saying that he just does a slice serve, like straight in the middle of the box every single time. He hits it pretty hard, but he said that the placement of it is very, very predictable. And you can see Tommy in that match. He was actually taking advantage of it. So like, even if you look at his first serve percentages, he had 58% against Tommy, 49% against Sarundalo and 49% against Pedro Martinez. So his serve first serve is not on. And for freaking Carlos Alcaraz to take advantage of that, dude, that's not a good look. That's not something you want from Felix. Or for Felix. So um 2 0. I'm looking at bets. That's not too bad. Um at even money. Um maybe look at like three and a half games, minus three and a half. That's not too bad either. But um it's minus one thirty ish. 
Yeah, let, let me take a look at that somewhere. for sure. Four, I think it's four sounds a little steep. I'm going to sell out to four and a half. I think, like you said, Felix hasn't looked good this week either. The Martinez match, he struggled that first set. Serundolo, he struggled to close points. Tommy Paul had six match points against him. At, at what point has he really convinced you through this run that he can keep Not things close with Carlos? You know, like. Yeah. Uh, minus three and a half, by the way, for Carlos is uh, minus 135 currently on Bovada. Yeah. So it's not okay. not bad at all. It's pretty good value. Yeah, I'm thinking of going into four and a half here. I just the more I the more I look at it, the more I think it should be five. And the four and a half is plus 132 at Pinnacle. The four is plus 101. That's 31 cents on the dollar for push insurance, essentially, or whatever people, whatever the technical term is for buying down to the four. So if you land, if it lands on four, you get a push. I call it push mm. insurance. That's expensive. I, I, I probably, <laughs> probably made a pretty poor play there when I was doing my write up. I didn't realize the four and a half was that much cheaper. I would have gone to the four and a half to be honest. I think it's a higher expected value play. Gotta love John, dude. He doesn't make a bet that doesn't have a plus in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> FAA is three and zero against Carlitos. Head to head, um, but these head to heads really need context. Uh, all right, we got 2021. It was the match that Alcaraz retired at the U.S. Open in the second set randomly. That we were all like, "Dude, what? What are you doing?" I, oh, I had Felix that. too. I had Felix. I was like, "No, don't retire." Uh, we're like, "No, this is gonna be great." Uh, and then, uh, and then two wins uh, last fall. One right after the USO uh, run for Carlitos in September at Davis cup, an indoor event. I think that was his first match post USO. So I, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised he even won a set in that who knows where his head was at. And then, uh, Alcaraz beat him and Basel indoors. Uh, OJ beat him. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. FAA beat Carlos October 29th in Basel in Switzerland. Um, six, three, six, two, Alcaraz was a bit funky after the USO. So again, I'm not. Yeah. And he was, was in great form. Yeah, he was hurt. He ended too. up hurt. Uh, he he took time off in the offseason. He came back late from Australia. There was clearly something bothering him. And Basel, Vienna's like medium, I think. And then Basel's the medium quick of the indoors. So it's like that part of the calendar favors FAA. But even in that one week on the calendar, that particular event is even more favorable than the than the concurrent 500 running at the same time. So. I mean, that's just to me, that's that's what's depressing this price to four from four and a half. And I'm glad to take it. Yeah, the only thing I would argue in, in terms of the spread for Felix is uh, is the serve. I mean, he won 13 of 13 first serve points, seven of 10 second serve in the second set to get to that third set decider against Tommy. So it's going to keep him alive. Um, obviously, Akra has a much better returner than Tommy, but Tommy's a pretty good returner, too. I mean, that's I, I don't think that it's a canyon gap between them. Um, so uh, certainly something that uh, FAA will be leaning on, uh, to keep him alive in this match. Uh, but I, I, I side with the two O at even money or minus one and a half sets, even money. I mean, that, I think the, at, at even money, I think there's a, a reasonable amount of times in the algorithm that this <laughs> is won by <laughs> Carlos and straights, uh, at the price. So I like that uh, myself. The other right, thing, go, go ahead. um, one more thing quick, um, Never mind. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to hit on Foe and Medvedev? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I I waited patiently 
<laughs> fade Medvedev on these freaking courts. And I did with Davidovich Fokina. And I got my over 20 and a half. That rascal, I'll keep it clean. That rascal robbed us of that plus one and a half sets. He was the better player in the second. But holy cow, it shows you when we say tennis IQ on the timeline, and when you see people throw that term around, that's the kind of match that showcases what people are talking about. If you need a, a real life example, watch that second set. That's where talent can only take you so far and you need to actually think through things. Um, I will be on foe. Look, I, I faded him last round. I didn't lose. I haven't been fading him consistently, losing a ton like I typically do. I wait. I waited patiently. I didn't lose a ton on the Fokina match. Um, lost about 0.7 units, not even a full unit there. So I'm okay with that. And I'm going to go with Fo. He's in, he's in just as good form as, as Foki is. Uh, I think his first serve is a little more potent, and that's important. Medvedev is going to get it back, but he might leave it a bit shorter, which allows it to be attacked. And Fo's forehands worked well. Fo's got the athleticism that can trouble Medvedev. Give, give me Foe over plus 300. It's not the Fokina number, although it's getting up to where Fokina closed. I got Fokina plus 390. It closed about plus 335. We're seeing Foe, who yesterday when I saw was about plus 260 up to plus 310 at Pinnacle. So we're getting there. Uh, I'll be on Tiafo. And what I was going to say was when I had the chance to lose a lot of money on Millie Polyachek, I took it. I didn't lose all of it. So when I have the chance to lose money betting Carlitos at night, I'm going to take it. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad you ga- clarified that. The game spread is four, and Med is minus three seventy-five. Foe is plus two eighty on Bovada. Yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you, um, what are you thinking? I mean, like what John's saying, like, dude, freaking Tiafo is hitting with more pace, basically, than anybody at this damn tournament. Like, you wouldn't expect him or anybody hit the ball that freaking solid. And he's just hitting through opponents. And yeah, I get that. Medvedev is pretty much the most defensive player in the world. Um, but still Tiafo is playing really, really well. And I expect this to go pretty long. Um, Tiafo's just the best at improvising points and he just can put on a freaking damn show. So, um, I'm looking at the set spreads. Tiafo plus one and a half is minus one ten. I don't think it's too bad. And the over of twenty-two, uh, I'd I'd probably rather stick with the uh the Tiafo plus one and a half at minus one ten. That that's an annoying total because the total for um the last match with Foki when mm-hmm. again, the money line was in the same range, right? The money line was in that range of um, the over plus 300 between plus three and 400. It was only a 20 and a half uh, minus 115, I believe, but here tw- it's all the way up to 22, but it's only minus 105 at pinnacle. Yeah. Now I get it that, that different players, different concepts, the chances Tiafo wins versus the, the chances it goes over 20 and a half. It's a lot more likely this one goes over 20 and a half, right? Because, uh, he's got a stronger serve than than Foki. I get that. So I understand the discrepancy, but at the same time, I I kind of like the if it's gonna be closer and it's you know, you gotta go over 22 instead of over 20 and a half, that makes the plus 300 or plus 310 number a little bit more enticing if if we're gonna if we're saying it's gonna be a little bit closer. Yeah. Um and yeah, I think the plus sets and over are probably the way to go if you want to fade uh, Medvedev in this one. Like yeah. I so like I was just thinking right now too. Um if you're debating between the 
Tiafo plus one and a half sets versus just taking the over in the 22. If you really think that Tiafo is hurt, or sorry, if you really think that Medvedev is hurt, take the the sets bet. Don't take the over. So I think that's the way to look at it. Me personally, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think Medvedev's hurt. I, uh, so I would rather take the over 22. I'm switching that up. It's it's the finger more than the the ankle. I think that finger and his grip on the racket when uh-huh. when he, it was bleeding and he cut his nail off and it started, you know, I think that's probably a little bit more uncomfortable for him than the ankle at this yeah. point because the ankle's taped up and he said after his inter- he said in his post match interview like he felt better running than walking between points um, when it happened against who did it happen against Zverev when it happened against Zverev it, you know that's. That's what he said. He goes, I wasn't faking it. It, it. it was just easier to run with that tape, keeping it in place than it was to walk. Mm. It hurt a little bit more. So, I, yeah, I think that, that if anything, it's the thumb or whatever finger it was um, that could bother him a little bit more, especially with the service motion. But I, I think he's healthy. I'm operating the, on the assumption that he's healthy. I still think foe might be some value here. I'm going to play the plus one and a half sets myself at around, uh, not, it's not even money, but I think it's like minus 110 or minus 105. Uh, yeah. Minus what about a little foe plus 200 first set money line? Mm, I'm raising my eyebrows. I can't see that, but uh, doing a little millhouse here. Mm. <laughs> Not terrible. I mean, if you like the foe side, he, he's got to come out hot. Is he going to win? Is he going to win and, you know, win the last two sets? Is that how he's going to win? Yeah, I don't. That's a good point. I don't think so. Something to keep in mind. It's a pretty if you juicy like the money line. Yeah. And um, and if you like the money line, you can you can split your stake and give up a little bit of the cash on the overall money line. And if he chokes it, you're still come out ahead, right? You're still at the profit. All right, boys. Nice tidy little episode here. Let's, let's round to the finish. I think. Uh, any any final thoughts? Not really, yeah, but I d- Fritz and Carlitos. Actually, Fritz and Carlitos. All right, good call. Um, I will be going to the matches on Saturday. So uh, if you're going, you can hit me up and I'll buy you sushi at Nobu. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> oh what a baller. <laughs> I was going to say, you and Morgan, I almost went to Nobu in London. You and Morgan Riddle at Nobu. <laughs> Are you going to be in her you... vlog? Oh, dude. Yeah. Does she have a food vlog now and a food blog? I don't know. I know you keep up on, her life, her sto- bro. on her socials. Okay, yeah, I know. It's so adventurous. It's really not. She did nothing in Acapulco. Not that I... Not now, now I'm uh, putting out to the world that I watch her blog. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. I know we have one potential, but let's see who is actually in that final before and uh, save our energy. Um, you can follow our show handle at MP9 Tennis. You can follow John at JR Tweets Tennis at Tibbetts Tennis. You can follow Derek at Ferris Nicole. If you've made it here and you like what you heard, if we've won you some money uh, over this tournament, give us a, a subscribe, a like, a follow, all that good stuff, a, a rating, a review even. Until next time, see you on the court.